Amen. Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles this morning, if you would, to John 6. You may be seated, and we'll thank God for our worship team this morning as they make their way off the platform. John chapter 6, we're going to look at verses 48 through 51, and we'll pray here in a moment. Again, John chapter 6, verse 48 through 51. We're doing a series called Jesus Is. Jesus is our shepherd. He is our righteousness. Jesus is the name above every name. And this morning, I want to talk to you about Jesus is the bread of life. In John chapter 6, in verse 48 through 41, here's what the master said. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Pay particular attention again to verse 51. I am the living bread. Let's say it together. Jesus is... The living bread. bread. Now, Father, we come before you today in the name of Jesus with open hearts. Lord, help us to see what we need to see, to hear what we need to hear, eyes to see, ears to hear, spirits being strengthened in this place. We ask for utterance to be given today, and we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. He is the living bread. Right down in verse 58. He says, this is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead, but he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. So there is life in this living bread. He has come to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. In John 1, the scripture says, in him was life And the life was the light of men. So in this living bread, the life of God is. In this living bread, there is strength. In this living bread, (coughs) there is health. And there is healing for our physical bodies. Amen? Now, I want you to notice in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. And we're going to look at the amplified version here in a moment. And I want to remind you that when Jesus was talking about him being the living bread, and he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood shall never die, he's talking about it spiritually. He's saying the, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that you're hearing today, as it is preached under the anointing, it is spirit and it is life to you. Amen. Amen. Do we need the life of God continuously flowing into our spirits? Now, notice what Jesus said in Matthew, the fourth chapter and the fourth verse. Again, looking at the Amplified, it says this, But he replied, and it has been written, Man shall not live, and notice these words, and be upheld and sustained by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I love what it says there. That we will be upheld and sustained by the living word. 
we will be upheld and sustained by Jesus, who is the bread of life. Amen. Amen? We are not really living an overcoming life and a victorious life unless we are feeding and living by the words that come out of the mouth of the master. Amen. The Bible says that he will literally uphold all things by the mighty word of his power. That's an awesome truth right there. No matter what we may be going through, no matter what we may be facing, we are sustained, we are upheld by the glorious word of his power. Hallelujah. So if you feel a little down, if you feel a little depressed, know this, that he upholds you. He sustains you because his hand is upon you for good. His glory is upon you for good and for your benefit. Oh, there's great benefits in bread. Great benefits in bread. Bread has been called the staff of life. The staff of life. The definition of the staff of life is this. A staple or necessary food, especially bread. Think about some of the benefits, if you will, of natural bread. One of the greatest benefits of bread is how versatile it is. I mean, you can toast it, butter it, fry it, eat it plain, can you know, you can carry, you can carry it where, with you wherever you go. And there's so many ways that we can get this bread of life in us. We can listen to it. We can read it. We can watch it. We can sing it. Glory to God. We got CDs, MP3s, iPods, iPads, and the list is endless. All the versatility of natural bread, but all the versatility of God's living bread. Say it with me. Jesus is. He's the living bread. Now, another great benefit of natural bread is it's convenient, is it not? I mean, it's sold on the street, it's sold in supermarkets, bakeries, local shops. It is sold just about everywhere. Every 7-Eleven has bread. Down in Oklahoma, they have a place called U Totem. U Totem. Yeah, that's a little quick story. You can go and U Totem. Bread products are convenient. You can take them anywhere. You can take bread anywhere. You can even take it to work without refrigerating it. They're readily available. You can eat bread for any meal. You can eat it plain, buttered, toasted, top it. Another benefit is that you you can probably find this product in so many different formats and so many different forms. I mean, yesterday, you know, anybody ever got hungry for a tortilla? I mean, a tortilla? That's a form of bread. I got hot. Man, I was at Lucky yesterday after I got done working out. And I saw these great, big, huge, whole wheat mission tortillas. And I thought, yes, bread. But you can have a bagel. You, how many of you like sourdough? Huh? Wheat, multigrain. There's just so many different. There's pita bread. The possibilities include wheat, rye, multigrain, sourdough. But God's word also in the United States of America is so convenient and it is so readily available. Come on, somebody. There is so much free word all over the United States. Go to ministries that have uh, their 
services live and ministries that have their services archived, ministries that you want to feed on and benefit from. And so just as there are so many different types of bread naturally, there's also good ministries to receive from. Amen? I mean, you you get on the website and you can literally go to steadylight.org or Bible Gateway and you can not only see the King James Version, but you can see the New King James Version. You can see the NLT. You can see God's Word Translation. You can see the NIV. You can see the Amplified Classic. You can see the Amplified. And I'm just scratching the surface. I mean, there is so much Word readily available to us. Let us never take Jesus, the bread of life, for granted. Let us, those who have been blessed to live in the United States of America, never allow our flame to burn out. Let us never let our spirits become emaciated and weakened through the spirit of this world and through all the entertainment and all the distractions that are out there. But let's make the bread of life our final authority, our necessary food every, come on somebody, every day of our life. Amen. Not to say all the nutrients that are in natural bread. There's iron, there's folate, there's calcium. And look at all the benefits of God's word. He says, if you will attend to my word and you will incline my ear to my sayings, if you will not allow my word to depart from before thine eyes, but if you will be diligent and keep my words in the midst of your heart, they will become life to those that find them and they will become health and healing and strength and joy to your whole being. Come on, saints, I'm doing my best today. Can I get somebody to get with me just a little bit? Hallelujah. And so Jesus is the bread of life. And he taught us that just as natural bread is good for us, the word of God is food for our spirits. Amen. The word of God in Job chapter 23 verse 12 in the Amplified says this. Notice that with me and I'm going to wait till we get there. Job the 23rd chapter and the 12th verse. You know, every time we open our Bibles or whatever we use to read the Word, we ought to think, we ought to even say, I'm feeding my spirit. I'm having a good meal today. Now, you're getting a good meal right now, but if this is the only meal you're getting all week, you're not getting enough. How many of you are going to eat after church? How many of you ate before church? How many of you are going to eat all day long? <laughs> so you get my point, right? We need that same tenacity with our spirit that we have with our physical bodies. I'm eating a good meal today. You know, recently we were down in Monterey with Ricky and Sally Edwards. Of course, that's Brenda's brother. And, you know, you're fellowshipping and you're eating and you're looking at all the sights and you're having conversation and all that's wonderful and all that's good. But I got in my car and I said, you know what? I need the word. I need some word. Give me the word. Give me something on music that contains the anointing. I need the word of God. Amen. Don't allow yourself to go too long without the word of God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I need the word. Give me the word today. So in Job 20, Job, 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 
Job 23, verse 12. Notice this in the Amplified. He said, I've not gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed and treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. More than my necessary food. In the Hebrew, the word esteem means to hide. It means to hoard. That's a good kind of hoarder. To store, to lay up. We could say it this way. We need to can the word. Now, I was talking to Brenda this past week. She grew up on a farm in Oklahoma. And I noticed there when I was a young man visiting the home before we were married, and then even after we were married, they had all these beautiful mason jars of canned food. I mean, they had canned beets. They had canned okra. What else did you have? Oh, canned green beans. What they would do is they would can those things up so then when they needed it, it would be readily available. And so what we're saying today is can the word in your heart. And when you need it, it will be there. Preserve it down on the inside of you. And when you need it, it's going to flow right out of your mouth because it is true. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to leak. Amen? Then turn over to Psalm 119. Psalms 119, verse 103. Say it with me. Jesus, you are the bread of life. Psalms 119, verse 103 says this. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. The message says, your words are so choice, so tasty, I prefer them to the best home cooking. There's a a man of God that has been in Moscow for many, many years, has a mega church over in Moscow right by Red Square. His name is Rick Renner. And the Lord spoke to him one day. He said, Rick, no word, no breakfast. No word, no breakfast. I submit to you, don't wait till the end of the day to read the word. Read the word at the beginning of the day. For if you wait till the end of the day, you'll open your Bible and you'll be out like a light. Somebody says, how do you know that? Been there and done that. Now, here's an interesting verse of Scripture as we kind of transition into another point. In Job chapter 34 in verse 3, and I'd like to bring that up in the Amplified as well. Job 34 and verse 3 from the Amplified version. This is a very interesting verse of Scripture. It says here, The ear tries words as the palate tastes food. The word try there means tastes or distinguishes. The ear tastes words, tries words, distinguishes words as the palate tastes food. Now, another translation says it like this. We can choose the sounds we want to listen to. We can choose the taste we want in food. Another translation says, For the ear assesses the word as the mouth tastes food. So as you're hearing the word, as you're feeding on the word, you need to be very, very studious or very alert spiritually that what you are hearing is the pure word of God 
or just somebody's opinion or somebody's strange doctrine or just somebody's wild idea. We need to be very distinguishing and discerning about what we are hearing. That's why Jesus said, take heed what you hear and also take heed how you hear. Amen? Now, one of the things that will help you to do that is pray a lot in the Spirit, but also to be a student of the Word. Be a disciplined follower of Christ by studying to show yourself approved unto God. Come on, somebody. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. How many of you know if you can rightly divide the Word, you can wrongly divide it? And so the ear tastes or distinguishes words as the palate tastes foods. Have you noticed that in the natural, babies are not very discerning? I mean, babies don't take time to distinguish what's good or bad for them. Babies think that everything they can get their hands on is intended for their mouth. A newborn babe puts his hands in his mouth, crawls across the floor. He finds a screw. Where does it go? The mouth. He finds a spoon. Goes in the mouth. Finds a spider. It goes in the mouth. Babies are ignorant concerning those things. They don't know what should go in their mouths and what shouldn't go in their mouths. And unfortunately, some babies have died as a result of eating some terrible things. Now, when I was a baby, I don't know this for sure, but I I believe my parents. I did believe my parents. But when I was a baby, I'm told that I ate rat poison. Guess what? I'm not a rat. I'm still alive. Pastor Mark, what in the world are you talking? What are you getting at today? One of the things I'm trying to get at is this. The same thing is true spiritually. We need to be careful about what goes into our spiritual mouths. We need to be as careful about what we read as what we eat physically. Hallelujah. And a lot of people, a lot of spiritual babies have been sidetracked because there weren't maturing enough to distinguish between the real truth and half-truths. And that is the value of a local church. That is the value of having men and women of God around you that can disciple and that can speak into your life. We should not just go with anything and everything that comes down the road. You can't even uh, listen to late, well, watch late night TV without having your spiritual discernment at a high level. <coughs> Amen. Well, I think that's enough about that. How many of you know the Bible is no ordinary book? God's Word is alive. God's Word is powerful. And God's Word will strengthen you. Say with me, the Word of God is a living thing. It's alive. And it's filled with power. Do we need strength to live in these last days? Do we need strength to live with all the difficulties that are happening in the world? You know, last Sunday morning we switched gears and in the 11 a.m. service, instead of preaching on Jesus is the name above every name, 
I preached a message called What's Going On. And that's not, by the way, after, you know, the song What's Going On in 1971. But there's a lot of things that are going on out there. In the last days, you know, the, the, the Bible says there'll be perilous times. Amen? And so in these times of peril, we need to make sure that we're filled with the Spirit and filled with the Word of God and filled with the glory of God so that we are not being overcome by the evil that's in this world. In Romans 12, 21, he says, don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Well, I submit to you that Jesus, the living bread, is good food for you every day of your life. And it will strengthen you. It will help you. And it will bless you. Amen? So let's look at some scriptures now about how God's word strengthens us. Let me just quote this one for you. Psalms 119 verse 28 says, Raise me up and strengthen me according to the promises of your word. Raise me up and strengthen me according to the promises of your word. And then I do want you to look at this one. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. God's word in your heart coming out of your mouth will enable you to stand victorious in this last day. God's word spoken and God's word declared on a regular basis will cause your future to be bright. For as you speak his word, you are not only speaking for your present circumstance, but you're speaking for your future blessing. Amen? So don't draw back from believing and don't draw back from speaking his word. For his word, hallelujah, it's alive and it's filled with power. Faith will always say what faith believes. The scripture says, if you believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He said, with the heart that man believes unto what? Righteousness. Righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. How many of you want to get unto some things in your life? Oh, yeah, don't misunderstand me. And I, I know you're saved. Many of you are filled with the Spirit. But how many of you want to get unto your wealthy place? How many of you want to get unto the land of debt free? How many of you want to get unto the land of all your babies being born again? Come on, somebody. How many of us in here want to get unto this nation, amen, being a godly nation, and this nation a place where the rain is falling and that there's a spiritual awakening? How many of you in here want that? Amen? And so it's one thing to want it. It's one thing to desire it, but it's another thing to pray it. It's another thing to believe it, and it's another thing to declare it. How many of you want to get unto a place of supernatural favor in your life every day? Amen. The more you declare favor in his life, the more manifestations of his favor you will have. Amen. And it begins by the little things. It begins by by looking at what God did for you today. I mean, it may be a parking place or it may be a sale at Macy's, but you ought to always declare this is the favor of God. You know, our boys used to joke about uh, mom. She had the favor mobile. And uh, they'd always say, okay, favor mobile, take us where the best parking place. And without fail, the best parking places would always open up. (laughs) Amen. 
Continuous manifestations of favor require continuous declarations of his favor. Say this with me. I have favor favor. with God God. and with man. man. The favor of God God. goes before me and opens up glorious doors doors. that no no man can shut. If you will savor the favor... If you will savor the flavor. How many of you know what savor means? You know what savor means. It's what you do to that prime rib at the house of prime rib. If you will savor the favor, more favor will come. It's like the other week, just out of my spirit, just like that happened. Savor the favor. Out of my spirit said, the spirit of thanksgiving is the door to more. If you will savor the favor by stopping and reflecting on what God has just done for you. And if you will give him praise and if you will give him thanksgiving, it will be a door to more favor in your life. Amen. We must never take this bread of life for granted. We must never take this favor that God has given us for granted. Amen. It is something that should be rehearsed. It's something that should be told. It is something that should be recounted. It should be spread to our friends to see how good and see what the Lord has done. Amen? Amen. So let's make some declarations right now. Didn't intend to go off on that, but let's say it together. I have the favor of God. I have great favor. His favor encompasses me his favor surrounds me as we with a shield everywhere i go the favor goes with me everywhere i go the favor goes before me the favor of god connects me to good deals the favor of god connects me to the supernatural. The favor of God connects me to supernatural relationships. The favor of God connects me to supernatural provision. Provision. God sees before what we need. Amen? And the favor of God opens the door. Amen. Hallelujah. God sees before what we need. Hallelujah. He sees before. And the favor of the Lord opens the door. Savor the favor. (laughs) Hallelujah. Savor the word. Savor the savor what you're hearing right now. It's not that Mark and Brenda or PT or George or whoever preaches the word of God. It's not that we're so great, but it's that God is great. And his word is good. You know, recently uh, I was thinking about some things and praying about some things. And I thought to myself, well, Lord, you know, I, I've, 
I've got nothing. I've got nothing to give. He says, good, because I've got everything to give. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, I mean, how many of you have ever felt inadequate in and of yourself? That's why Jesus died for you and took you out of yourself and put himself into you. No longer it is you, but it's Christ living you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. And now that he's in you and you are in him, you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. You can be a blessing in the world in which you live if you'll believe it and if you'll say it. Just about every day I pray a prayer that Dad Hagen prayed often. And it's not a difficult prayer, but it's a prayer that just simply says, Lord, today help me to be a blessing to somebody. Make me a blessing. Raise your right hand up to the Lord and pray that with me. Lord, this is the day that you have made. And Lord, I pray that you'll help me to be a blessing. Make me a blessing today, all day long, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, how many of you like that little side journey? Well, most of you did. Praise the Lord for that. All right. Jeremiah 15, verse 16. Glory. Let's say glory three times. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Doing pretty good for 10.04 a.m. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Thy words were found. Notice Jeremiah had to find the word. And he said, When I found it, I ate them. And thy word was unto me, read the rest with me, the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Now, when you're really feeding on the pure word of God, when you're really feeding on Jesus, who is the living bread, there's always going to be earmarked by the joy of the Lord. I mean, if what you're reading and what you're studying is bumming you out, you're on the wrong channel. If who you are listening to on the radio or on CDs or MP3s is bumming you out and making you feel like you're less than the least, it is not the spirit of God. God's word always brings joy into your heart. It always puts a pep in your step. Amen. It will build you up. Now, God's word translation says this. Your words were found and I devoured them. The message says, when your words showed up, I ate them, swallowed them whole. What a feast. What delight I took in being yours. And the joy of the Lord comes by hearing the spoken word. Say it me, the joy of the Lord, it is my strength. And then let's look over to Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. Acts the 20th chapter, the 32nd verse. So Jeremiah said, that words were found, I ate them. That word was unto me, the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Acts chapter 20, verse 32 says this. And now I commend you to the word of his grace. Amen. We're going to look at the King James Version, if you would. Acts 20, verse 32. Glory to God. You know, they do good up there. I didn't even give them give scriptures today. Amen. Sometimes you give people a list of scriptures and it falls you all up because you end up going a completely different direction. Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. Read it with me. He said, and now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. 
couple things there. God's word builds you up, but it also opens the eyes to what your inheritance is all about. You have an inheritance. The BBB says to make you strong. Now, if a person does not eat the right foods, it'll eventually show up in their body. It'll eventually weaken them. A lack of proper nutrition even shows up in a person's thinking process. A person that continuously eats the wrong foods, a lot of times the thoughts get cloudy and fuzzy. Over time, if a person doesn't feed their their body properly, it could starve them and starve the life right out of them. So the same thing is true when it comes to our spirits. Our spirits have to be fed the truth of God's word on a regular basis. You must feed your spirit faith food in order to be strong. God's word contains the proper nutrients for building a strong spirit. It's your primary source of strength. You put the word in your eyes, your ears, and in your mouth, and guess what? It'll get down in your heart. Say it with me, God's word is my primary source of strength. The living bread, Jesus, the living bread is that manna that came from heaven. I want you to look at something in closing this morning. I want you to look at a picture of this when Israel was in the wilderness after coming out of Egypt. God rained manna down on them daily, did he not? Now notice in Exodus chapter 16 and verses 4 through 5. We're going to see something here. Exodus 16 and notice with me in verses 4 uh, through 5. We see God's plan for the children of Israel. It says in verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day, everyone say the sixth day, that they shall prepare what they bring in and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Now what is this saying? It's saying that Friday... They could collect enough manna for Friday and Saturday. Why? Because Saturday was the Saturday was the Sabbath. And he didn't want them working. He didn't want them doing that. So he supplied two days of manna on Friday for Saturday and Friday. And so the rest of the time, though, God told them, I don't want you to store up the manna. They tried to store up the manna and it rot, rotted right before their eyes. What was God doing? God was making a point to them that he didn't want Israel to store up spiritual food and then try to live off it for the rest of the weeks and for the rest of the months. That is what he's saying to us. He's saying to us, remember to pray, Lord, give me this day my daily bread. Every day. An everyday word, an everyday promise. Amen? And I'm not just talking about a little promise from the promise box. To be well fed and to grow up spiritually 
We need daily bread. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Woo, glory to God. We should not try to live today on what revelation we received some other day. Lastly, go to 1 Timothy 4, verse 6. 1 Timothy 4, verse 6. 1 Timothy 4, 6, Paul, you know, is addressing Timothy and he's warning him about some things that in the last days that seducing spirits will be active and they'll cause some people that were once in the faith to to be pulled out of the faith. And he warns them about um, diet. He warns them about different things. But then he goes on to say in verse 6, kind of the summation of what he was saying, verses 1 through 5, He says, if you put the brothers in remembrance to these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Now, let's let's not move too fast. 1 Timothy 4, verse 6. Let's go back there. 1 Timothy 4, 6. If thou put the brother in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of fear. Do words of fear nourish your spirit? How about words of doubt? How about words of doom and destruction? The end is coming. No. Nourished up in what kind of words? Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. William says it this way, feeding your own soul on the truths of the faith. Another translation says, nurturing on the messages of faith. The 20th century New Testament says, sustained by the precepts of the faith and of that good teaching. Still another says, feed yourself spiritually on the words of faith and of the true teaching which you have followed. There's nourishment in the words of faith. Sometimes, some days, I'll just, I mean, I'll, I'll just be in the Word all day long. All day long. Because I know that if I don't replenish what I've given out, then I won't be at my best the next time it, it's time to give out. Amen. So there are days, literally, and I'm not talking about I'll have my Bible open and I'll read 500 chapters. But a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just go to YouTube. Anybody have access to YouTube? There was a man of God that lived and died in 2003, but still alive today. His name's Kenneth E. Hagan. And if you go to YouTube and you do a search and you just put the name Kenneth Hagan in there, you can watch videos from Kenneth Hagan. I mean, not from the 2000s and the 90s and the 80s, but some from the 70s. You can see how his hair evolved. And and if you've been here a while, you can see how my hair has evolved. But but there's some days where I just say, Lord, I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost today. And I'm going to feed my spirit the word of God. And I'm going to let what's on him get on me. Not only am I going to let the word of Christ dwell in me richly. But I'm going to allow an anointed man of God to preach to me for hours. 
And I'm not so much going to sit there and take notes. I'm not going to try to develop a sermon out of that. I'm just here with an open heart. Speak to me, Lord, through this man of God. Let your anointing be stirred up on the inside of me. Let the word of Christ come and dwell in me richly. Amen. So that, that's one way, that's one avenue that you can get the word into you. Amen? Yeah. And uh, so I do that on a regular basis. And the next day or the day after when I'm ready to preach the word, just some wonderful things just come out of my spirit. Why? Because I've stirred up the gift that's on the inside of me. I stirred it up through the word. I stirred it up through the anointing. And I'm looking at a group of people today that are gifted. You may not know what your gift is. You may have hidden your gift. But every one of you in this auditorium this morning, you have a gift. And you are gifted. And you are blessed of the Lord with something special to give and to minister to the body of Christ. That doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be behind a pulpit. That doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be doing that. But everyone that is born of God, that has given their life to Jesus, the head of the church, has deposited gifts on the inside of us. Right. Amen. Amen. You've got to see yourself that way. Mm-hmm. And if you start comparing yourself with someone else, you know, if I started to compare myself with, with the gift that Pastor Tom has in music and I don't have in music, I think it would be very disappointing and discouraging. So you've got to value, if you will, the gift on the inside of you. It might be a gift of encouragement. It may be the gift of the spirit of prayer. You are gifted. Say it with me. I am am. born again. again. And I'm gifted of God. God has placed placed gifts on the inside of me. Many of you here in this room today have leadership gifts. Others of you have mercy gifts. Others of you have teaching gifts. Others of you have different types of gifts. Some of you have money gifts. What do you mean money gifts? I mean, God has anointed you to make money to further the gospel. Amen. But here's one thing I know about gifts. Because I know what gifts God's given me. If I don't pay attention to the gift that God's given me on the inside, and I just sort of of let it lie dormant, and I just kind of let the gift flow, laissez-faire, if I don't nurture that gift, and I don't develop that gift, and I don't feed that gift, it will be as if I was never gifted. And Paul spoke. I know I'm speaking by the Spirit now. Paul spoke to his son Timothy. And what he told him, he said, Timothy, stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift that is in you. Stir up the gift that is in you. And so it becomes my responsibility to stir up the gift that is in me. I do it through praise. I do it through prayer. But I also do it by continuously feeding on Jesus who is the living bread. And so I think the same principle is true for everyone in this room. Every one of you have a gift 
But every one of you are called to stir up the gift. So this is, well, I'm doing okay. It, it's going okay. It's okay. God wants us to go beyond okay, and he wants to move us into the realm of excellence. Come on, somebody. Amen. The realm of excellence. So my message to you today is this. Savor the favor. Stir up the gift. Feed on Jesus, who is the living bread. Let's stand up and we'll pray. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for speaking to us today by the word and by your spirit. And I pray for my brothers and I pray for my sisters, every one of them that is here today on the inside. They know that something miraculous has happened to them in the new birth. Every one of them knows that the gifting of God resides on the inside. Let's lift both hands toward heaven and say this with me. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I will never neglect the giftings and the things that you've placed on the inside of me. But I will be faithful to respect, to recognize, and to nurture what you've placed on the inside of me. I stir my gift up right now by giving you praise. I honor you, Lord, with the giftings that you've given me. I stir up the gift of God by feeding on the word of God and by living a life of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for making me a blessing. Here's what the Spirit is saying. Now expect the anointing. Expect the anointing to flow through you. For as you open your heart to me, things that have been closed will now open. And those things which once flowed through you will begin to flow again. Oh, says the Lord, rejoice for this is a day of renewal. This is a day to commit yourself to me afresh and anew. Expect the anointing. Expect the anointing. Expect your thoughts to be agreeable with mine, says the Lord. Expect my spirit to speak to you afresh and anew. For the gifts of God are without repentance. I've not changed my mind and neither will I ever change my mind concerning you. I know what I've got for you. I know what I've put on the inside of you. So open up and let me flow through you. Amen. Raise your hands and say, I open my spirit. Flow through me. A fresh and anew. Precious Holy Spirit.